0: As the world watches what is going down in Ukraine right now, with the the Ukrainian president coming forward and making a statement appealing about, you know, not too long ago, appealing for the United States and the rest of the world to act as Russia has decided to recognize two regions in Ukraine that have broken away. And in fact, they've broken away for about eight years. There are already Russian troops in those areas, although many of those Russian troops are actually ethnic Ukrainians or Russians who are holders of Ukrainian citizenship, who live in the Donbass and uh, uh, the, the uh, sections of eastern Ukraine that are very close to uh, the border with Russia. Traditionally, these areas have always been, uh, you know, ethnically majority Russian in, in terms. You, you have to remember Ukraine was, was a part of Russia for 400 years uh, under imperial Russia and, and roughly 700 if you really go back in time. And look at it, but, but essentially under Imperial Russia, about 400 years, about 70 years under the Soviet Union uh, back in the day. And uh, they did not have an easy time of it. Ukrainians, in fact, greeted initially, you know, initially when when the Germans invaded, Nazi Germany invaded, a lot of Ukrainians joined the Nazis, not because they believed in the ideology of Hitler or anything like that, just because they didn't like being under the Russian yoke for so long. And so, so you had that kind of a situation where even though they didn't know how bad the, the alternative was, they actually jumped on the, uh, on the Hitler bandwagon for a while, although many of them eventually realized what was going on and, and you know, shifted away towards a more independent Ukraine status that they wanted. But you know, that's, that's another story entirely. Initially, let's look at what the situation is like. Here is uh, you know, a report from CBS on, on what is happening there with Ukraine's uh, president making a statement, uh, asking for international help. Uh, Let's listen to, who is this on the ground? Let's listen in. We begin with the growing fears that Russia is on the brink of a full-scale invasion of Ukraine.
1: That's right, earlier today, Ukraine's president asked for international help after Eastern regions of the country were declared independent by Russia. The area was hit with heavy artillery fire this morning. U.S. officials say Moscow is arming separatists in the Donbass region. Ukrainian officials say they are targeting civilian areas. Moscow has troops surrounding the country on three sides. We have team coverage of the crisis in Ukraine. CBS News' Mary Alushna is in Russia. Senior White House correspondent Li Zhejiang has reaction from the White House.
0: But we begin with CBS News foreign correspondent Holly Williams, who's in Ukraine. Uh, Holly, obviously a fluid situation near the front lines in the Donbass region. Can you tell us what is happening there right now?
1: Yeah, Jim, we've spent the last couple of days both on the front line here in eastern Ukraine and in the towns and villages that are close to that front line. Uh, I should say that we've made multiple trips to the trenches during this crisis and in the years beforehand. And clearly in the last few days, there has been a big escalation in violence just to give you an example we were approaching the front line today we're about 400 yards away from it and suddenly there was a lot of heavy artillery fire uh went on for several minutes we hit the deck uh, and then a couple of ukrainian soldiers told us that it was the russian-backed separatists who were targeting their frontline positions and just to be clear although we know that there are fears of a Russian invasion in fact some saying that a Russian invasion has already begun in this part of Ukraine uh, the Ukrainian military has been fighting a war against Russian-backed separatists now uh, for nearly eight years after that incident we pulled back to a, a small town about 12 miles from the front from the front line but there once again we heard the almost constant thud of heavy artillery it's the same in other small towns and villages close to the front line and many of those places are still shattered and splintered after previous violence in 2014, 2015, 2016. So it's clearly very distressing for people in this area. Uh, the Ukrainian soldiers say they've been given orders only to fire back in their defense. And Ukraine says that the Russian-backed separatists are deliberately trying to provoke them. And the fear there is that Russia could then use an escalation in violence or disescalation in violence for its own military action. Uh,
0: so essentially, you know, what, what the reporter is saying is that this is a, 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 a Basically, a situation that has gone worse. Now, NATO had a press conference uh, in, in Brussels a while ago, uh, you know, after that declaration by a uh, by Russian uh, prime minister. is he president now? I don't know. Uh, you know, he keeps switching hats. Uh, uh, the Russian leader Putin had come forward and said, you know what, we're not going to, you know, uh, allow this to continue. And, uh, you know, that, that they were essentially uh, looking at the situation and and seeing what was going on. NATO's uh, leadership had a statement just a little while ago. Let's listen in. NATO Ukraine Commission, uh, and then we'll take uh, a couple
2: of questions here in the room uh, and online. Secretary-General.
0: Secretary-General, NATO. Good afternoon.
2: We have just finished an extraordinary meeting of the NATO-Ukraine Commission. We condemn Moscow's decision to recognize the self-proclaimed Donetsk People's Republic and Luhansk People's Republic. Uh, We also condemn the further Russian incursion into Ukraine. Moscow has uh, now moved from covert attempts to destabilize uh, Ukraine to uh, overt uh, military action. This is a serious escalation by Russia and a flagrant violation of international law. It further undermines Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity. It damages efforts to find a peaceful resolution to the conflict and it has grave consequences for European security. This is a crisis created by Russia alone. We commend Ukraine for its restraint in not responding to Russia's repeated provocations. We stand in solidarity with the Ukrainian people and its government. Allies are united in their full support for Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity within its internationally recognized borders. We will continue to provide Ukraine with strong political support and allies are providing equipment to help Ukraine defend itself as well as sustained financial support. For months, Russia has been building up a massive military force in and around Ukraine, including in Belarus. With well over 150,000 troops and fighter jets and attack helicopters. Many units are now forward deployed in combat formations. They are out of their camps in the field and ready to strike. NATO is resolute and united in its determination to protect and defend all allies. In the last weeks, allies have deployed thousands of more troops to eastern part of the alliance and placed uh, more on standby. We have over 100 jets at high alert, and there are more than 120 Allied ships at the sea from the high north uh, to the Mediterranean. We will continue to do whatever is necessary to shield the Alliance from aggression. NATO Allies and the rest of the international community warned there would be a high cost of Russia carried out further aggressive actions against Ukraine. I welcome the economic sanctions announced today by many NATO allies, and the decision by the German government that it cannot certify the North Stream 2 pipeline. We urge Russia in the strongest possible terms to choose the path of diplomacy this is the most dangerous moment in european uh, security for a generation but europe and north america continue to stand strong together in nato united and committed to defend and protect each other with that i'm ready to take your questions okay uh, we'll go to ukraine form here Uh, Dmitry Skurko, National News Agency of Ukraine, as NATO has quite transparent policy in the situational assessment, could you please share the vision? Uh, Have you discussed with the Ukrainian side uh, uh, the uh, possibility that Russian troops will not stop? on the contact line, and will be moving deeper, at least to the administrative borders of uh, the Lugansk and uh, Donetsk areas. And what will be the reaction of NATO in that regard? And the follow-up question, if I may, uh, what is your assessment? How high is still a risk uh, of a uh, false flag operation from the Russian side? Thank you. Every indication uh, is that uh, Russia continues to plan for a full-scale attack on uh, Ukraine. Uh, we see the ongoing military buildup. They promised to step back, but they had continued to step up. We see that the more and more of the forces are moving out of the camps and are in combat formations and ready to strike. And we see the ongoing provocations in Donbas and the different uh, false flag operations where they tried to create a pretext for an attack. And then, of course, we saw uh, last night that uh, uh, further Russian troops moved into uh, Donbass, uh, into uh, parts of Donetsk and Luhansk. And then we have the threatening rhetoric, which was actually confirmed in the speech of President uh, Putin yesterday. At the same time, it's never too late. It's never too late to not attack. And that's the reason why we continue to call on Russia to step uh, back, uh, to de-escalate, and to engage in good faith in diplomatic uh, efforts to find a political uh, solution. If Russia decides once again to use force against Ukraine, there will be even uh, stronger sanctions, even a higher price to pay. Um, Allies continue to provide support to Ukraine. Uh, And in the meeting with Ukraine today, Many allies uh, pledged continued support, financial support, uh, support, military support, uh, uh, and also NATO provides uh, critical support to help uh, Ukraine strengthen its cyber defenses. Uh, and of course, uh, NATO's uh, main responsibility is to make sure that there is uh, no aggression against any nato allied countries, so we have already increased our presence in the, in the Eastern part of the alliance, and we're ready to further increase our presence in the is part of the lines if necessary. Associated Press.
0: Thank you, Mark Carlson, Associated Press. You consider Russia's latest movements an invasion of Ukraine.
2: I think we have to recall that Russia has already invaded Ukraine. They invaded Ukraine back in 2014. They annexed a the part of Ukraine, Crimea, and uh, since 2014, there have been uh, Russian military units, forces in Donbass, in Donetsk and Luhansk. So what we see now is that a, a country which is already invaded uh, is suffering further invasion. And, uh, and with more uh, Russian military presence, and this is of course uh, even more serious because, um, because, uh, This comes on on top of the recognition uh, of the so-called people's republics uh, in Donetsk and Luhansk. So what we see is further invasion of a country which is already invaded. We'll now go online to uh, Greg Palkett from uh, Fox News.
0: Thanks very much, Juana, and thank you, uh, Secretary General. I I really have to be precise about this because uh, there's been a bit of uh, confusion you say last night further russian troops entered the donbass do you have evidence that russian troops vehicles men gear have moved from russian territory into well it's really ukrainian territory but it's the occupied donbass do you have evidence of that and if so that is an invasion correct and if so have you changed your posture at all but, but specifically about that point. You have evidence that new Russian troops have moved from Russia into Donbass, that is the occupied territory of Ukraine.
2: Yes, uh, and I think we have to understand that Russia has been in Donbass for many years, since 2014. But that has been in a a, uh, covert operation where they have denied their presence. But the so-called separatist has been controlled by and supported by uh, russian troops uh, russian special uh, special operation uh, uh personnel uh for many many years so russia has been present in different covert operations in donetsk and Luhansk uh, for many many years what we see now is additional russian forces and troops moving in um and uh and uh, this makes the whole situation even more serious this is a step change uh and then uh, this is combined with the um recognition uh, of these territories uh, which are inside the international recognized borders of Ukraine as independent states. So this is adding fuel, this is making it more dangerous and more serious and uh, uh, then on top of that we also see the continued Russian military buildup and preparation for a larger scale uh, attack on Ukraine.
0: Okay, we'll go to Nikola Barot uh, from Le Figaro.
1: <clears throat> we
0: can't
2: hear You'll need to unmute yourself.
1: Do you, do you hear me? Um, can you give us a precise view? on the military forces and assets that are deployed by Russia near the border and in Donbass and the forces from the separatists. You you talked about um, 150,000 troops, but um, could be more precise. Thanks. Uh,
2: Well, uh, what I can say is that uh, Russia has well over 150,000 troops. Uh, In addition to that, of course, there are air forces and naval forces also close to uh, Ukraine uh and uh, these uh, forces are uh, partly inside ukraine already in crimea and in donbas uh and partly close to ukraine's borders uh, both in the in the in the east uh uh, but also in the south uh, and also uh, in the north partly in russia and partly in in belarus and these forces are combat ready uh tens of thousands of combat troops but also uh all kinds of enablers um missiles, um, armoured vehicles, battle tanks, drones, uh, 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 systems for uh, electronic warfare, uh, air defence, Iskander missiles, which are actually dual capable missiles, and uh, a wide range of different military capabilities. So this is a force, which is not only strong and well equipped and have a a lot of high end capabilities, but it's also a force which is now Um, fully uh, resourced with ammunition and fuel, and then uh, more and more of the troops have moved out of their camps and are are now in in a position where they can uh, uh, attack uh, without any warning time. So of course this makes the whole situation very dangerous, but as we have stated again and again, uh, Russia still has a choice to choose diplomacy, to step back, and to engage in a political dialogue with NATO allies. And we have demonstrated over a long period of time that we are ready to sit down uh, to uh, uh, to to talk to Russia in good faith uh, on issues which also matters for their security, arms control, uh, transparency, and many other issues. Uh,
1: we'll go to Terry Schultz from uh, National Public Radio. Hi, thank you very much for taking our remote questions. Uh, Mr. Secretary-General, um, do you worry that uh, that Russia is uh, declaring that it will also recognize this sovereignty um, – you can, can't see my fingers – over uh, parts of, of Ukraine that are currently controlled by Ukrainian forces? that seems that it would it would make the, the probability of conflict a lot higher. And with the Baltic states and other, uh, other neighboring allies calling for yet more support, even more than NATO has done so far, what more can you do right now practically, not what you've done so far, but what more can you do in the very near future, in the next days to reassure those nervous allies?
2: What you have seen is a bit mixed signals from uh, Moscow on whether they have recognized uh, the territory between the Russian border and the contact line or recognized uh, as uh, Donetsk and Luhansk people's republics, uh, the whole territory of the two oblasts. Uh, But anyway, this is a step change. This is uh, further increasing uh, the threats um, and the violation of uh, 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 Ukraine's territorial integrity and uh, sovereignty, just the fact that they have recognized these entities uh, as independent uh, states. Um, uh, and that's the reason why we condemn it so clearly, uh, and also the reason why uh, we welcome the sanctions that uh, NATO allies uh, today uh, in different formats have decided to impose, and also why I welcome the decision by Germany to. Uh, stop uh, the, um, the approval of the North Stream uh, uh, 2 project. Um, uh, we have already increased our presence uh, in the Baltic States. Um, we did so after, uh, after the legal annexation of Crimea in 2014. Um, and uh, we have also done it over the last uh, weeks and months. Uh, then we have plans in place. Uh, we have uh, forces available to reinforce further if needed. We will do that in a defensive way. Uh, Our purpose is to prevent the conflict, is to reassure uh, allies. And of course NATO's core responsibility is to make sure that there is no room for any miscalculation about our uh, commitment to protect and defend allies, and by that also prevent any attack on any allied uh,
1: country.
0: For
2: the next question, we'll go to Jeff Shogel from Task and Purpose. Thank you, Mr. Secretary General. Has the NATO Response Force been activated? If so, how many troops are deploying to Europe? Thank you. The NATO Response Force uh, has um, been put on higher readiness. Uh, we done. We did that uh, several weeks ago, uh, but it has not been deployed. Uh, what we have deployed are other units of uh, from NATO allied countries. Uh, Uh, The United States has deployed uh, troops and forces in Europe. I met some of them in Romania a few days ago. Uh, Germany has deployed more uh, troops to Lithuania. Uh, The United Kingdom has doubled its presence in in Estonia uh, with a battle group there, Um, um, and other allies, um, including um, uh, Spain, uh, the Netherlands, Denmark, uh, uh, and many others have decided to send in troops, ships and planes to reinforce our presence and france has also made it clear that they, they are ready to lead a battle group uh, in um, in romania so um so far we have increased the readiness of the nato response force uh, but we are not deployed the nato response force
0: thank you for the next question we're going to Van kardava from Imedi TV Uh, Thank you, Anna. Uh, Mr. Secretary-General, latest news uh, from uh, Russia. Putin asks lawmakers for permission to use force outside Russia could pave the way for broader attack on Ukraine. How would you comment on um, this issue? And also, yesterday Putin spoke a lot about NATO expansion. And you know that uh, with Ukraine, Georgia is also uh, waiting for future membership, and and such statements are so worried for us. What is your comment? And is it possible um, uh, and acceptable uh, about what uh, Putin was talking two days ago, uh, so-called moratorium on uh, NATO expansion? Thank you so much.
2: A request uh, to get permission to use uh, force outside the Russian, Russian territory just adds to the pattern of uh, decisions and actions by Russia over the last uh, months, uh, which has led to the most dangerous moment uh, for our security in decades, and this just and this is just another step. Uh, I think we have to recall that actually, uh, NATO and NATO allies um, uh, warned this fall uh, that uh, we saw uh, uh, a military build-up by Russia and plans. Uh, to reach uh, a level of russian forces in and around ukraine which is very much uh, where we are today so this this is this is something that has been predicted uh, many months ago and then uh, russia has done what uh, we expected uh, and what we warned against uh they have uh, significantly uh, increased uh, their military presence in and around ukraine and then combined with the rhetorics and and all the uh, and all the uh, false flag operations, the attempts to create a pretext, uh, and now, uh, yesterday, the uh, recognition of uh, the People's Republic of Donetsk and Luhansk, all of that adds into this pattern of uh, threatening and aggressive behavior, and any permission to use force outside the Russian territory just adds uh, to uh, that pattern.
0: So essentially, that is what the uh, situation is with Ukraine. Uh... Right now, of course, uh, NATO's press conference uh, on, on this topic. You were listening there to uh, NATO's uh, uh, Secretary General uh, speaking uh, not too long ago from, from Brussels on the situation in the Ukraine. We will be back with more as events warrant. Uh, this is Mike of New York, and we are doing a look at Ukraine and that entire situation on our podcast today. Uh You know, we'll be back with more as events continue. And uh, we're waiting on word from uh U.S. President uh, Joe Biden, who is expected to give remarks from the White House not too long from now. I'm Mike of New York. <music>